You're listening to Red Nation Online. Wednesday, July 13th, this is Zatarousing Brothers, Andre and Julian. I'm Ian Clark, and we're live and direct from the Football Factory, running down a depleted TFC's 1-1 draw with the Columbus crew. It's a new format of Rain Delay Segment 1, post-match Segment 2, as we discuss the absence of Jovinko, how the youngsters stepped in and who stepped up, and then run through the Trillium Cup final, look ahead to San Jose, and say au revoir to Damien Perquis. All this and more on the next 40 minutes on Eastside Stand Up. Three points. I like Clippers. Can you mute this? No. No, no you can't mute that one. That's on the overall speaker system. Put it down. And we're back. Do you guys, do you guys smell that? What do I smell? What? The smell of a trillion flower. <laughs> smells like, it smells like beer and wings. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks. No, wait. That's just my upper lip. Uh, <laughs> Speak English, guys. So this is the, this is the scoop. We got we got the two Zatarazzi bros here. Hey, one, yo, one, what up, son? It's gonna sound no, like one. That's what I wanted to say. I want to speak. One Zatarazzi brother together as one. As yeah. one. Okay, we got it, guys. With one that's gonna have to go catch a bus soon yeah. to get to New York, but the yeah. other one might it's probably be a big break. break. So we're, yeah, this is gonna be a, this around. is gonna be a new new format. Yeah. Split the game up in halves. The new Jackson. Because <laughs> we're still on the NBA plays of 2015 to 16. It's a rain delay. A rain that wasn't raining, but now... Yes, we're at a rain delay with no rain. No, it's a cloud it's delay. A, they're way to lightning. The, the Columbus made their... Was it Malfredi Stadium? Whatever it is. Not Frey. Not Frey Stadium. <laughs> Sponsored by Barbasol. Yeah. It's packed house. It's made of metal, so they've asked everybody to leave. Yeah, what, what... You know, it never rains in Ohio. Let's make it out of pure metal. Yeah. Aren't they in Tornado Alley, technically? Why don't they just make it out of wood? Yeah, make it out of rickety barn wood. <laughs> Popsicle sticks. <laughs> I want all your... You know all your side, li- short li- side note, I did watch Zoolander 2. Oh, did you? On purpose? Yeah. Yeah, I did watch yeah. it on purpose. I paid. I oh, it kidding. I was on demand. It was funny. I'm sure it was. I had a moment. That's you know you can download things what, for free. Did you know? Did you know, <laughs> did you know that he built the school for kids who can't read too good out of the same materials as that little model that he no. showed the first one? That was the joke. Thank you. So you so had then to, see, it you felt, to see the first one. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, you. Yeah. That's into who didn't watch the first Zoolander? Uh, okay, no, so guys, not. let's get let's cut to the chase. Is this the Zoolander podcast? Leg <laughs> leg two, yeah, leg two of Columbus and Toronto FC. The third most important cup of the season for the Reds. Behind first, what's the first? MLS Cup. Two. And the second? Voyager's Cup. Three? The Trillium Cup. Trillium Cup. And it's the, it's the legit. one... Legit. Yes, yeah, it is legit. Now, it's still important. It is like the Carling Cup in a way, but still, it's important. Yes. It's between two people teams. People care less. Was there yeah. a Carlsberg Cup once? There may have been. Yeah. Um, but now, so 
We're ahead in this game. It's a nil-nil. Was the first, yeah, the first, moment, the first of three legs. That yeah. was riveting. Yeah, as, as, as we were so far this yeah. game, riveting. Well, it is 32 degrees in Columbus. Mm. It's hot. It's hot. So they're all playing like it's hot. They are definitely playing it's hot. Now, before we get into the game, go guys. The big news, obviously, was well, no, Jovinko. Oh, pardon me. Yes, I would say that's that's a bit huge news. That Jovinko decided yeah, to say he's washed up. <laughs> he keeps tearing his shirts. Okay. I told he has you no shirts left. Yeah, they said, look, you have you get one shirt a season. That's it. That's, that's it, little it. man. And the other one we put in the wash. <laughs> so sorry, you have no that's shirt. Right. We're wearing red. That's right. Why can't we wear black? That's what they do at Juve. No white. What about the Blizzard shirt? I like. And like no Blizzard shirts. He's not worried. He's at the Four Seasons right now watching. Yeah, he is at the, the Four Seasons. He's, he's, he's fine. enjoying himself, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so no Giovinco, no Damien Perky because they no asked out. him to leave. And, to and he agreed. And give he back agreed. his keys. Okay. No Altidore. Oh, yes, that's no Bradley. no Bradley. No Irwin. No Irwin. So, uh, but luckily so there's, all, there's numbers on all the jerseys tonight. <laughs> yeah. So we're good. Lots no of, you know, no coaches. No coaches. university students to come in and... Could have could have gone to York or to maybe to uh, see if uh, Matt Stinson. That's right. Still, oh, still enrolled with the team. Lombardo is he still working at the Dundee Dufferin Mall? That's horrible. Leave him alone. Oh man, he had a career. It's turned on me, has it? <laughs> okay, okay. Stay focused though. I want. Right, I want. We should do a, like a, a little preamble on Jovinko. Yeah, right. Now I will say that I was on the Volca Minority Podcast this week. Okay. After the Chicago game, we oh, did yeah. discuss that somewhat, but I don't know if you guys have any thoughts. Considering you're both Italiano super fans. Well, no, he is. I yeah. know. Well, it's okay. I like A.S. Bari from the second division. Yeah, okay. That's about his uh, that's a real a team out of a hat. Really, yeah. Team, Barber, well, they just real, got by uh, Malaysians. Like, it'll happen for us. Yeah. But Jules is better. Do they wear red? Yes. Then you're set. Okay, <laughs> so, but, uh, I don't know. I kind of wanted to maybe get a little, like, thoughts on, you know, a player in a slump, which you thought, you know, you you knew the background of, uh, you did a great episode with me where you kind of gave yeah, the background well, on Jovinko. Uh, you know, it was well received. I didn't know if there was anything you can recall from his time in Italy of where he was struggling. He still kept his magic. Obviously, right now it seems like he can't buy a goal. He's had a lot of the similar situations last year that right. were sure things aren't happening for right. him now. What are your thoughts, guys, on a on a player that? And you can chime in after a player yeah, who's slumping. I have and, my opinion. Well, all te- all play- most players go in slumps. I mean, he's in a slump. Last year he was shooting goals and like shooting fish in the barrel, right? He's a use a cliche but he, he you know I mean he's gone through slumps I don't recall him when he played for Parma I mean he had Bojanov he had a lot of players that he could play off of and this is the same system I think I mentioned before uh, the last podcast I don't remember but um, that as long as he has somebody that can service with him as well somebody he can play he's never really a good guy on his own and I find in a lot of instances, I actually watched him the last, what, two years, almost two years now, he does a lot of stuff on his own. That could potentially be because he has very little, maybe he has little, very little faith in depending on who he's playing with. But I find that um, his goal, he's assisting a lot, though. Like, he's still, he's still, still creating. Creative, yeah. right? So the goals will come. He's in a slump. Uh, I think a lot of players, I think my brother and I mentioned that, he was talking about that people have figured him out. I think a lot of guys can... It, you know they, they know how to they know how to uh, how to keep him off the ball and you know they become intimidating to him they push him right off he's very diminutive he's, he's very small right yeah. so I, I, I you know outside of you I mean Juventus he never played much I mean he was he was never even with Conte you know he was never a guy that he went to 100 percent 
full throttle. He's not a guy you put out. There's always somebody taller and stronger that would that would generally be, uh, uh, you know, a more of a force. Your Quinto was an, you know, all these guys down the line. So, I mean, I think that I think that this is the perfect place for him. I think last year was not a fluke. I think he's he's very talented and he can score goals with his eyes closed. He's got a lot of pace, a lot of talent. He can see a play ahead of him. Uh, you can see it even today. He has chances. He's almost able to score today. today. Last weekend? What did I say today? You, said you today. did say today. I'm sorry. Um, last weekend. Yeah. In, in, the, in, the, in the last few games he's played, obviously not, not including today. Um, but he, uh, it's there. It's not like he's totally in a total slump of just, like, that's not like he's, like, giving up. I mean, he's still pushing. He's still fighting. And he's, he's very angry about it. You can see he's tearing his shirt, putting his hands in his face. You know, I, I th- it'll come. It'll come. He'll get one goal and he'll keep going. I, I just think, I think that not getting on the national team was a big blow to him. And I think that's affected his game and, and taking him off. No, I don't think I so. Do. I, I think do. It, I, I think, think it's very important to him. You had your chance. I think it's very I think it's very important to him. And I think that it's... it's, it's Andre has the conch right now. It's it's yeah. it's, it's infiltrated him and his, his, his mindset. And he's going to make errors. I mean, it kind of is a perfect storm, timing-wise. I mean, he's not going to... Right. He's contributing. And as a Tottenham supporter, Harry Kane must be scoring at the beginning of last season. Everybody blah, blah, blah. And and he was contributing every play. And that's the same same with Juvinko. So he'll have an off time, but you're right. He'll score a goal or two and he'll be back. And he's still healthy. Now, and you talked about uh, you know the players that he played off of. How much weight do you put into the fact that he doesn't have Bradley or Altador to play off of? And those are two I key think, players from last year. Right. I think Bradley, I think he and Bradley were beginning to come at the sink. I was noticing that when Bradley and him were playing. I think they were able to, they were figure each other out. And I think it helped that Bradley played in City Out. Not to say that Javinko's style is so only uh, yeah, indicative, of, indicative that league, of, yeah. of that league, of course. Uh, I think he's, he can adapt to any to any situation, and it showed last year. But especially how he plays, because like you said, he comes on his own, and he's got talent for days. And in this league, you, really talented players are kind of allowed to play their game, right? Because they're kind of given an aura of respect, right? Which you wouldn't necessarily have in Italy because he's Italian; he's one of their own, and in other, and, and probably in any other league. Yeah. Do you want to stop this for a minute, guys? Watch the game, or should we talk a little bit about the first half? That'll take a whole 30 seconds, probably. It's up to you. Yeah, we can talk about the first half. Well, yeah, might as well. We can we can watch the game and... Yeah, if it's as exciting the, as the first half, we, we don't have to watch the game. To talk about. <clears throat> well, I mean, that's I guess the, the only other things we can, we can run through, of course, is that, uh, you know, this game probably will be summarized uh, in terms of the weather. Uh, it's a hot, humid night. And you can see it in the way that they're playing, and Toronto is definitely laying back. I think what was the statistic there? 38. 37%. 32. 32%. The 68% possession. So they're just laying low and hoping they can survive through this game. And you haven't seen a lot of action. Didn't see a lot of action in those first 45 minutes from Toronto's side. That's no, for a sure. lot of guys are just like, literally, it's like pylons. I think I mentioned it was like a kickabout a little bit. A lot of guys, a guy would make an attempt. To, to prevent the the forward to, to pass them and they'd be like Whoop. even with Columbus's uh, possession they really haven't done much either they've you know, they did get some shots on target some shots some Bono had to make a nice save remember that one nice yeah one but save? how many shots on target had they actually had five I think it was yeah was it that many well one that tested them though I mean like well, yeah. five shots five there. shots but how many on target That's one of I'm them saying. was right at him right at Bono Toronto's Toronto's defense is a little little sloppy. Um, but Babuli's playing. He's trying. Actually, you know. I, I think Babuli. And, I, shoot it! Oh, oh, no! oh, come on! 
God. Oh, Sorio. I'd like to mention the second half of the 47th. Yeah, the 47th minute. Let's make a note of that. Um, uh, should, so far, it's been better than the first half. They're yeah. at least they're trying yeah, to first anyway, minutes, so they look good. It's just both teams kind of ironed them, like uh, even themselves out. Yeah, the heat, hot. and now looks like the second half is starting a little more, a little better, a little more speed. And Azaro just just missed. That the was net. an opportunity there, obviously, because yeah, Columbus didn't finish those chances. That has to happen. Okay, let's leave it there, guys. Right. Come back in the come come back in the second at the end of the second half. Right. They even have the, they even have like the logos on there. Yep. Okay. Ready? Okay. Part two. Part two. It'll be seamless. I'm sure of it. So we finished this game 1-1. Julian Andre has left to catch the bus. Gone. Get out of here. And uh, let's. We didn't really go through much of the first half. There wasn't much to say about the first half. No, there was not much at all. And I think maybe the the easiest segue out of that first half is to say that the substitutions were Endo and Chapman, I believe. Chapman, yes. Endo and, made the most impression on me. Yeah, and uh, I think that was that was the right move to make. Big time. Although Chapman did, if I'm not mistaken, set up the goal. He did very much. Yep. Both those guys, I think, did well for themselves. Right. Uh, in that second half, and if we look at uh, maybe we look at the goal that Toronto FC scored. Because I think we left it off just before that, as a matter of fact. Right, yeah, they, yeah we were yelling. We saw Jonathan Osorio miss his glorious chance. What a creep. There's a, there's a creep at the window right yeah, now, and it's just he's, disgusting. He's hitting the bus to New York. Just disgusting. So, yeah, uh, Endo, Hamilton, and Chapman right. make a huge difference in that second half. And uh, I think there's something to be said about the the young kids because we were actually kind of, at one point, griping about it's all youngsters out there, no veteran presence really. Right. Probably the only one you could say is Drew Moore, uh, Moro before he Moro. got subbed out, and uh, Sheru. It's only three guys really. Right. Uh, significant significant experience, and uh, the play at hand that gave Toronto a lead, that got us up on our feet. Was it a lead? Or was it a tie? They tied it. You're right. Yeah, they tied. They were down one nothing. Yeah, Columbus yeah. opened Columbus it up. Columbus opened it My up. My mistake. Yeah. My mistake. Some poor, poor defending, but it, I thought the defending. Oh right, we thought it was an offside. Yeah, offside. Yeah, right. But I, they were calling it that it might have been obstruction or offside. Right. And I was, from what I saw on the screen, it wasn't. No. It looked like uh, Bloom was a little bit casual right. on on a resetting the line. Yeah, and that kept. Uh, I think it was. Uh, I think he kept camera on side, mm -hmm. and the ball went through him, and it was a goal. So yeah, we were off to a poor start. And then Toronto comes back, and it was uh, Jay Chapman who who got the ball in a nice spot right in the middle there, slots it through to Jordan Hamilton. Well, he was he, wide open. Well, who, who was carrying the ball? Endo was carrying the ball, right? He just carried the ball up. Was it him? I thought it was Sheru. Sheru, okay. The pass was great because there's three Columbus defenders basically chasing him. And he had that space and he finished it. He took his time and he finished it. That's what you needed. Because they, they had a couple of chances where they it was just too quick on the ball. Fast. He got the ball kicked over the net, over the net, over the net. It was nice to see some pace and to see actually somebody just really um, manage to uh, uh, to score without rushing it. I mean, I think that's a lot, has a lot to do with your, your strikers. You want somebody that... You want a striker that can take his time and be in control. Well, obviously, it was hot and whatnot, but you yeah. want them not to, to rush anything, you know? Take, pick your spot, score a goal. Yeah, and I think, that, but I also would say, I think there's maybe like a, a fine line between the way you're describing it, like not rushing it right. and timing it right. Right. 
And I think that's the last couple games what we've seen with Toronto, whether it's from a Jonathan Osorio or Spasa Endo, who've had chances in the 18-yard box, really great chances. They've either they're taking too many touches or they've taken a touch that they get closed down on very easily. And I would say, you know, there's been a little bit of discussion on, on Jordan Hamilton and what he's offered since he's come in, which has mm-hmm. been um, a pretty good scoring rate right. for a young guy. Uh, you know, you watch him play, you don't see a lot of, uh, you know, physicality. You don't see a, a massive work rate from him. But he does seem to have this knack to get in the right spot. And when he gets the ball on his feet, he just seems to know what to do to find the back of the right. net. And I think that's something that, you know, you have to kind of give him a lot of credit for because guys like Osorio, Endo, Delgado, um, they seem to be struggling with that. Yeah. And he just comes and walks, not walks in, but has come in. And this game, especially, just like takes the right touch, the right weight, mm-hmm. checks out the situation and slots it exactly where it needs to go. So I think, you know, I've sort of been on the fence with Hamilton, but I do have to give my hats off that his finishing has been very clinical. Well, that's what you need, especially in a game like today, where you have no real major striker name. But I think when Endo came on, it changed the pace of the game dramatically. It made it faster. I mean, he pushed forward. He did kind of like the Javinko rule. He kind of tried to make plays. He tried to set up plays, tried to do crosses. He carried the ball. Um, He's very good with his feet. I mean, he had a couple of chances where went went wanting but um definitely you know he he was he was i think he was the man of the i think i don't know okay maybe not the the man of the match but he's certainly i mean that first half he was made a so difference. abysmal i mean yeah. it was so slow it I looked mean, slow it looked like no one was willing to overextend themselves right. because of that humidity and there's a guy like endo is someone who i would say that one of his strengths is that he has a good work rate mm-hmm. and when he's out there he's just go 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 um so this was probably this was a great substitution, I think, for him. He didn't look in. fatigued. I actually didn't think he looked fatigued for the forty-five minutes. I thought he still had, even towards the end, he was still pushing for that winning goal, which was great to see. Um, you know, which was great to see, to be honest, because it was like you know you worry because you know if you can have a game that you know it, honestly going to the second half, it, if if that change wasn't made, it would have made have been you know you need someone to take the reins. And you know when you have Javinko, even to lesser than Altador, yeah. but Javinko definitely will would take he'll take the opportunities when he can. He'll keep pushing. Ninety yeah. minutes, he'll keep pushing, and that's what you needed. And the young guys, you know, they make it kind of flat-footed and, and and not take the chances they want. And it's hot. And we saw that in the first half with guys not defending properly. You know, you, you see getting. Well, we definitely the- saw that where where guys were, they their opportunity was there, right. like right straight in front of goal, hesitate, yeah. and they just keep passing it wide. Right. Which is a criticism I have when Javinko's not there, or when right. you know people are saying, "Ah, oh, Javinko shoots too much." Well, this is what happens: well, is that these guys hesitate, they lose their moment, they get closed down on, and the ball just gets spread out wide. But when when did when did not taking shots on the net? When did taking shots on the net become a problem? When did when did I mean nothing can be perfect, especially everything. This game is all about seconds and, and inches. I mean, you want to if you have an opportunity. And have the foresight to see a space, then you take it. You know, you see, you see that a lot. I don't. Maybe it's this league. I don't know. Maybe it's happening everywhere. But you have guys that are literally in the box, this in your box. They're there. I mean, that's your opportunity. And if you have the space to try to maybe find something coming in on a run, a striker or an offensive midfield to come in to score a goal, take it or take a shot yourself. I mean, today. I mean, uh, you know, the goalie today. Um, 
For Toronto? For Toronto. Bono. I mean, Bono, yeah. He, I mean, how many opportunities? Those uh, Columbus took shots, and they were high on the shot rate in the first half. I don't know what the stats are in the second half, but they were taking shots, and he was giving them. I mean, he, he, he kept trying to fist it, but I mean, he's not there. I mean, you know, you fist right in front of your goal. I mean, that's dangerous. Yeah. So, you know, they the defense today, I think had, I would give them an A+. Plus. They, I thought they did very well to prevent Columbus from really... I mean, I think they could have eventually won the game if, if any of those rebounds, you know, went to the wrong player. You know, and I thought, I thought they played very well, the, the back line played well. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, as this game wound out, Toronto still had his chances. I mean, Osorio had another glorious right. scoring chance right at the end. And a guy who, like Jovinko, I guess, has probably been a bit snake-bitten this mm. season. I think he does have one goal this year, but it's been... He's had his chances. Very glorious chances. for the chances. lack of trying. You know, it's just this kid will come. I mean, you you can't. I mean, this he's in a rut. He'll score one goal and then the floodgates will open. I think. But are we I, talking about Jovinko? Yeah, Jovinko. Okay. Yeah. And I'm and I'm referencing Osorio. I don't. Oh, know Osorio. I, I mean, Osorio. It, yeah, absolutely. Osorio has been sort of mute. I find. I, mean, I thought he. I thought he when he came, uh, when did he, did he start the game? Yeah, he did. The second half, the second he, was half he was more visible. I certainly yeah. saw him more than I did in the first half. But the first half is just you know guys you know eyeing each other and circling each other and seeing who's going to bite first. Yeah. Right? I think they were just hoping to get out of that first half. Yeah. No, no. And maybe the rain delay kind of helped a little bit to get their bearings back. Yeah. And I think they realized once they got in that first half, no, no. It's like okay, now we can mm-hmm. start leaving it on the pitch because right. you don't want to you don't want to empty the tank. No. In the first forty-five minutes, so I think they definitely. Set themselves up. Right. We're trying to set themselves up for the second. At a credit to Vanny for making those changes. I mean, I think he has the, you know, he saw the foresight to. Maybe he knew something that we didn't, you know, saw that maybe Endo was capable of bringing more to the table and coming in late, you know, at the beginning of the second half. He's going to bring that speed and agility, and, and, and basically that's what you wanted, especially against a tired back line that may or not may not have have what it is in the tank to 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 defend for another yeah. 45 minutes. Right? Well, and it has to be. I think it should be known that Delgado didn't look good in that first half. No, but he kept them on. Right. No, he took them off at the half. That was, I think, the oh, okay. Excuse switch. me. Though that those were two guys that switched out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if like I think maybe at that point, uh, Julian, maybe we do talk about. Well, at this point, we're where Toronto is sort of sitting, the games they have coming up, the Trillium Cup, the third most important cup on the say season. What, say what you want to say about it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, 1-1. I guess I guess we're in an advantageous position because they could come back to Toronto. It could be a nil-nil draw. Right. We, we, we lift the cup yet again. Does yet it mean again. anything in the end? No, it means... It, no. No. Are we excited about it? People leave the stadium when it gets presented. I don't. I really don't think. I think it's more of a joke than it is anything serious. Well, any way to keep people from thinking that the MLS Cup is so far away. I mean, you give. You know. You know. You have the appetite. But they make all these manufactured rivalry cups, right? There's the Cascadia Cup. There's the Rocky Mountain one, and there's. Other, I'm sure there's got to be another one. I'm not, I don't, I'm not but aware. The Cascadia Cup and those West, I mean, a lot of those West team, West Coast teams have played each other in, in lower divisions in the past. Yeah, well, yeah. Right. So they they have a, you know, I mean, outside of Montreal, which we base on basically the Canadians and the Leafs, you know, the East Coast stuff. I mean, out here, does there is no real rivalry, so they have to invent a rivalry in order for us to be interested. And even then, that's not enough because the games have to be exciting. Right. I mean, the, those West Coast teams, Vancouver, Seattle, uh, Portland, you know, they... Yeah, but all those are, like, those are reasonable driving distances. Sure, For those yeah. three teams, whereas even Toronto, you, when you watch those games, five hours. Yeah, we, yeah, that's true. But when you watch those games, if you, if you watch them, I find they're almost derby-like. You know, they do have a very good atmosphere. You can feel it through the TV, you know? Yeah. Um, 
any of the other points I wanted to bring up? What were the other points I was thinking of? Okay, let's talk about let's talk about let's talk about player movement. Pardon? Player movement. Oh, player movement. Okay. Most obviously, of course, Damien Perkey. Yeah. Mutual parting of ways between uh, player and club. I would have to say, not surprised. No. And I kind of thought that. I think there was a, you know, there was a, an array of opinions on the game where he played against Vancouver, where we lost four to three. Myself, I thought he played particularly awful, and I thought that was sort of like his last hurrah. Right. And we didn't see him again until I think that, if I'm not mistaken, the Seattle game, where. You know, Seattle was, be able, was able to loft a, a long ball in from the half between him and Zavaleta to score the tying goal. Um, whether it was before that or whatever, I just kind of felt like <coughs> that Vancouver game, he had some particularly awful moments, did not look dynamic. And when you add in the fact that A, he takes an international slot, and B, you know, he's worth over $350,000 on the budget. Right pushing 400000 it's just, I just think it's terrible value all the way around for what he brought to the table. So uh, with him gone, I mean, I guess I don't need to worry about him well, who, who, screaming at me in the locker room like he has to other reporters after games so I can say what I feel. But, uh, yeah, I think it's an opportunity. Now, whether Toronto uses that to sign another defender or there's rumors that a uh, player like a Tosain Ricketts has been waiting in the wings to get signed onto this team. Um, you know, will remain to be seen. I think, I think they might be looking at Ricketts because he's got some experience. He's another attacker, right. and they're thin up top with Altidore being injured so much and Joe Vinkinho being all by himself. So, well, I mean, I, I mean, the only positive I liked about him was that he, he, he was always very vocal on the pitch. He always seemed to be the very angry. Very angry, but I thought it was sort of necessary to have somebody that was so vocal. Because Bradley, I mean, he's the captain and whatnot, but, you know, he, he I never find him to be... I mean, I think he's getting better. I mean, Bradley's getting better. This season is better than last year. I mean, he's been injured most of the season, so maybe it's harder to say. But I find that I like guys that are yelling and vocal and talking and, 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 and doing that. But I, as I agree, I'll agree with you that his defending has been lax. And I'm always worried about stuff that happens mid-season. And so that money is basically going to go for something next season, right? Or it could be going for someone like yeah. There's a window that's opening. But Ricketts would fill that. Sp- he would fill that spot, like that kind of. Well, he wouldn't take an international slot, right? No. So you'd still have that, right? And I would think that Ricketts wouldn't command like an overly excessive salary. I would no. think he's probably somewhere around a hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, maybe uh, you need something like. I mean, look what Vancouver did. You know, David Edgar and, and Marcel Dion. Yeah. Marcel Dion. I mean, those are. I mean, they're not, in the world stage, they're not high-salaried, massive players, but they're talented players. Yeah. And it seems like other Canadian teams are managing to to bring these names into their into wearing their shirt. And Toronto hasn't... I mean, we look at our Canadian internationals, and they've really been sort of lack. They lack that punch. Julian de Guzman, Brian de Rosario twice. I mean... It, it, you know, it's never been totally. I've never found it to be. This is not a place for a lot of Canadian nationals to international Canadian nationals to to uh, find a home long enough, and it never really seemed to fit. So I don't know. I mean, 
I like yeah, to see more. Canadian. I would say, and I would say, with that being said, um, from a supporter of the Canadian national team, I would be slightly concerned about Ricketts coming here, just because I know that uh, you know there's a there's a you know there's a segment of Tromsey supporters who don't follow the Canadian national team, no. and they don't they don't sort of like put that first. So I feel like he will be looked at very critically at all times and you know I just find that like Canadians don't put that national they don't give that sort of like a benefit of the doubt that no. sometimes you see in other places where they might they might look at the foreigners they might look at their players and sure. criticize them first right. and kind of give a little leeway to their national team players whereas I find in Toronto it, it makes no difference you find it only in Toronto? I mean, in the well, sense of, like, I'm saying, say if we were in Vancouver, we were in. Well, I don't live in Vancouver, so I can't uh, speak to that. That's what I'm saying. I see. You know, I, I sit in the stands and I hear. Right. I've had heard games where Will Johnson has been off his game and people just shitting all over him. Right. And I think like, do you, do you like how many games have you seen this guy play? Right. I mean, he he will always he will break his leg. Yeah. <laughs> to win a cup, that's right. like that's the kind of guy that he is. So it frustrates me, and it's like. To St. Ricketts, I I know the criticism for him, but he will he will play with he will work hard. He'll play with his heart on his sleeve, and if he scores for us, you know he'll be the first one at the end of the game down to the supporters' end, right. you know, holding up a TFC crest and saying like This is my country. This is he's from Edmonton, right. but he'll be he'll be pumped for that. So I just hope that you know if that if that works out that he comes here. And there's also a rumor of Marcus Haber. Oh yeah, might be coming to Toronto. He tweeted out, uh, you know, going to Columbus or something today. Right, right. Whether that That'd means he's good. actually going to Columbus, right, right. or he's come to Toronto, yeah, yeah. we don't know. But that's another guy where it's like Toronto technically doesn't have with Altidore injured, but even when Altidore's playing, they don't have like that proper like back to goal no. center forward who's just a big body, right? And Haber is that big body mm-hmm. that offers something. Right, offers a uh, something to cause a lot of problems for defenders. You know, someone to get a header on the ball. I mean, we have no options. We're, we're, we saw it today. I mean, we're we're spreading the ball out wide. Right. Who are we crossing it into? Babuli, who's like five eight. Who's not? Who, uh, to be honest, if we go back very quickly to the game, let, you know, we were commenting before how during the game how Babuli looks so exhausted. Either that was, you know, and he's not mature enough. Guys. Yeah, guys, I'm tired. Guys. Oh. Hey, guys. Hey, guys, are you are we playing full 90 minutes, or, or can I come off? I mean, uh, it's, you know, the guy, he started the game. I mean, this is an opportunity for him to really push forward and show Vanny that he's capable instead of being a guy that comes in the last 10 or 5 minutes or 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, when you don't, if they're winning or they're losing, whatnot. I mean, he hasn't shown... He did attempt to carry the ball forward and make that. I thought he was trying to link in with Endo very well in some misses. But there's some misses where he could get the ball from any midfielder to, to, to break the play and to start and to and to get the ball back. And he did not do that. Yeah. He was like ball watching. He's like, okay, you can have it. I mean you can't have that. Well, I'm okay. Thank yeah. you. Um, right? I mean, so we need guys like, to going to your point, players that are headstrong. And that's something that's that's been very rare yeah. in Toronto FC. Well, you know, like, that's the thing they were asking about uh, when Edgar and McDeong are now going to Vancouver. And Edgar is like, he is a leader. Right. And if I remember correctly, I think he was the captain of Newcastle Reserves. Oh, really? Or their U21. Like, he came up as like that. And for the men's national team, he's like very vocal. So they're getting a guy who's just not going to put up with any shit. 
I'm not really sure about what Ricketts's Ricketts' role is, but I feel like I mean he's got experience. He's right. traveled the world. I think he might come here and like I think you know some guys who come up homegrown players and are just stay with the league. They think like yeah I've made it. Like I, this I'm I'm the shit. And someone like Ricketts might come in, and I know that probably Will Johnson being here. Right. I, I know from his character that he could he's a good guy to kind of like knock those guys down a peg mm-hmm. to say like. No, you guys haven't done shit yet. Right. Like you've been coddled as a local boy. Try to go out to Holland like I did and see how you can cut it here in Vienna right. or, or, or Rickett saying, I would love to see you guys in Romania or Turkey right. and see if you can hack it there and see what it's like to not get a paycheck for two months. Um, realize like how good these guys got it. Uh, but out of that note, Julian, I think the I think the two things we kind of talked about for key getting out of there. Um, what Toronto's got coming ahead they got San Jose on the weekend San Jose is a team that's been struggling not bad at home Wondolowski's back after the Copas you know where does where does you know Toronto at least came out of this game with a point holy shit you know when I predicted this game 1-1 and I got it right yeah you did congratulations wow and I I gotta say on the Saturday game I picked a 1-1 too as well Uh so let's see how that goes um and then, of course, we come back and try to wrap up this this Trillium Cup. Mm-hmm. So we're in a position where we can win that. And I guess we could probably look at the San Jose game because I, I'm assuming Giovinco gets rested this game, hopefully for that game. And I made a mistake thinking that they would have gone for three this week, this game, but right. I guess they might be looking at Saturday's game. Yeah, it looks like it. As an opportunity for three points, which I guess we, you can only ever look at that as a positive. Absolutely. I mean, you you know, I mean, if you're playing as many games, especially in this kind of temperature and weather, dog days of summer. Right. You like wanna, no joke. Yeah. A, it's hot as balls. Yeah. And then B, it's the it's that that summer remember, grind. Right. And you also league. remember, like a lot of these guys. I mean, these guys coming from Europe, they're not playing this time. You know, this heat is not something. They're always they're on a beach in Miami hanging out. They're not playing. So I can't imagine what like Didier Drogba and those guys are feeling in this time. Sheru. Sheru. Uh, you know, Jovinko. So resting him, I think, is a good idea. And you know what? It takes a break from him because he seems stressed out. So give him a break. You play. You don't play midweek. That's okay. You go and you play on Saturday. Fresh feet. You know, good attitude. You know, he posted on Instagram. Good luck. I mean, he seems like he's really, you know, a part of the team. He probably did not travel with them, most likely. So you know, he's watching it at home in the Four Seasons and just sort of chilling in the air conditioning and just saying, okay, I'm ready for. I'm ready. You know, we practice tomorrow. I'm ready to play on Saturday. Yeah. And then I think that it's the last, last little part here, a little, a sort of sights and sound, mm-hmm. um, because uh, there's a lot of pictures floating around of BMO Field tonight. Oh, yes, that's right. The Argos are playing tonight. Now, the funny thing is that when we talked about, or you, most people's discussions about BMO Field and the Argos there, mostly revolved around the pitch. Right. Getting whatever and torn up and everything like that. And some, but not all, really a discussion didn't really revolve around the fact that there's nobody there. No, there's nobody there. I mean, it it was it looked dire, and I saw that you know some people making excuses, being like, "Well, it's a weekday game, the the Indies coming," and I think to myself, TFC's always played midweek games around the Indies, right? So and you can walk to the stadium. And I don't, I like uh, even when Toronto was at its worst. Like, I think a midweek game, you still could think count on 15,000 or 16,000. Oh, did it say how many people attended the uh, Argos game? Did it mention? No. 
But this season, yeah, but had, but this season though, TFC's played midweek games, and I think the attendance has been 24,000. It's getting, it's actually, to my surprise, to be honest, it's getting better. I remember the last two years, we were talking how, really, it was like, like, dismal, like, pretty bad. I mean, not many, Saturday games. Well, no, I, no I, yeah, games. I would make the joke saying, it'd have to be a Saturday of perfect weather. Right, right. For Toronto to get a near sellout, mm-hmm. or visibly, not tickets sold, but like, mm-hmm. You know, butts in the seats. Like well, literally. LA was packed, but LA generally brings a lot of people in. Yeah, but this season is like it's been it's been busier this season, I think, than last. I've season noticed for that, sure. and it's you know bigger stadium, more people coming in. You know, they they've been selling the twenty dollar like on occasion. I'll get an email saying twenty dollar, you know, standing room only seats. Um, you know, those have been going on sale. So I don't know. It seems it seems positive. Yeah, you know, yeah. The Argos. This is their second home game. I know. That's dire. Was the first game sold out? Uh, no, but it was it was good crowd. Um, but now it's that's too bad. Not it, it, well, look, it is too bad. I mean, I grew up watching the Argos. You know, everybody was an Argos fan. You know, and you know, I was never a football fan, like in that essence of, of Canadian football. But I don't know. I mean, it's just like they're trying they're trying something different. And I know it sucks because they're sharing the stadium. Um, but you know, we also we've talked about this in the past about making currency, making money, being fiscally responsible, and bringing in other things to be more field. Because I'm sure TFC doesn't pay every single bill, right? They tried concerts there. You remember when when Genesis played there in 2008? That was the only concert they ever had there. So you know, I mean, I understand it. I don't I don't agree with it. I preferred BMO to be 100% Toronto FC. But I mean, you know, in this day and age. I mean, we got those state. Um, I, my opinion is we got all those extra seats because of the Argos. We got a lot of them because and and they want to host the Great Cup there. They yeah. want to host the, the and especially in the winter. They want to use it in the winter. Yeah. So they want to have well, the winter classic. Right? I will cut in and say, though, I don't remember a large segment of TFC supporters petitioning for extra stands. No, I. they've been adding stands in the last, what, five years well, or so? Well, they added the North Stand. I'm just saying that, like, I don't, rem- I don't recall... The supporters, whether it's Red Patch Boys, right. uh, USAC, or saying, "We need to expand the stadium. We right. need to make this happen." Well, that's my pounding point. the table, and then MLC coming back. Well, the only way we can do is the Argos come here. That right. wasn't the conversation. It no. just happened. No, it just happened. Right. So but I mean, there was a plan. I mean, these guys, these guys don't just say we're going to build more stadium stands for because because remember, two three years ago, no one was coming to these games. Let's be honest. They were shit. They were losing. They weren't making playoffs. Not many people were coming. You weren't selling anything else. Remember, you was we ever was talking about how he would give an announcement. The announcer would say these many people are coming. You'd look around like that must be like that must be it must be papering the house because there's no way there's this many people at this stadium, right? So I mean. It's a business, right? It's unfortunate, but it's a business. So, going back to the initial criticism about the fact that tonight they're not having a lot of guys, that could be egg on their face. Yeah. But having well, more- and again, that was also like Wiki's big move, and he's not even here. Oh no, he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. Yeah. So it's like, thanks, man. And they're promoting the like they all those commercials, and they're promoting they're promoting the Argos, you know, ad nauseum. We'll see how this shakes out. It's mm-hmm. going to be interesting, and I'm especially curious. We've said this before. People asked about the pitch, and all I've said is like, "Well, we've been lucky because we've had perfect weather." Right. So the grass is going to hold up, Seems even if they played in the same week. When it gets the weather turns, uh, I would expect once we get to September, October, then the, that's when the real right. test we're going to see. Right. And then, of course, from the start of a season, how everything works out right. um, with a schedule that's more balanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. So, on that note, uh, Julian, you're not on Twitter. 
No, no, zero. But I guess if they, if they want to write a Kabuki live, if they, if you they, if they my if brother. like the first ten minutes of the podcast. Make want, sure that you text my brother any feelings you have towards me, and he will get him back to me. Yeah, really sweet. go off on on Andre. <laughs> Tell him what you think about the Argos of BMO. Exactly. And he'll be he'll be so confused, he'll get angry, but it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. It'll make me feel better. Yeah, and everyone knows myself. you can get me at Clark RNO or uh, at have your say or have your say or info at renation.ca. I got it's distracting. Eminem. It's a well, it's a classic song. It's classic. Right? Uh, yeah, email me there. I may not be here for the San Jose game. I might be out of town mm. or I might be at Guns N' Roses. Oh, one of, snap. One of the two. So, But don't worry. Uh, I will be back for the next home game after that, and then we'll sort out the rest of the stuff, guys. So I'm going to leave it at this, a midweek podcast. No editing. We're just throwing this up there. Beautiful. So hopefully, it's, us, hopefully it's hilarious. All us bandages and yeah. <laughs> open wounds. So thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next time. See want you to get involved reach out to us on twitter at red nation online or by email at info or have your say at rednationonline.ca get in touch with us let us know how you thought the team did agree disagree it doesn't matter also check out our other podcasts on red nation online from the black hole ours is the fury in our interview series thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys next time